Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. As the attorneys ventured west toward Malawin Shores, they arrive at Jessica's hometown of Rabbit Cove and run into Tyronicus. Tyronicus reveals he works for Lep Recon an organization in charge of reclaiming powerful magical items that can be misused. After the events of Golden Sands, Tyronicus has been sent here on a different mission. The entire town of Rabbit Cove seems to be eerily happy. They agree to work together and investigate in the meantime. After a quick scan of the area, they head to a cottage on a cliffside, which they presume to be Jessica's. As they prepare to enter, a disturbing thought crosses the attorney's minds. Did Jessica kill Dot? With that thought in their heads, the attorneys head in to Jessica Felcher's house. It's mid-season finale time, I do declare. Your honor is back in session. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Let's get in this house. Well, let's make sure it's safe first to oh, get right, into right, right, of course. I guess I'll snap my fingers again and do this detect magic. You snap your fingers and you detect magic and you don't detect anything immediately in the vicinity, either like at the door or beyond it. But that faint energy that you felt out at the outskirts near the orchard, it seems to feel a little stronger here. Whoa. So whatever I was sensing out at the orchard is definitely stronger here, which means it might be coming from here wow so your friend really might be responsible for that or connected at least holy crap this could be god tricking us just everyone be aware of that oh okay okay um what uh what if this you said there's more of that magic here what if we get affected by that if we go in here do you think that could take hold of us and we become eerily happy uh it's a possibility do you got one of you guys want to test it which one of you is super grumpy mm. definitely gary definitely <laughs> thomas can be a grumpus well i'm gonna like yell out to like tony the pony i'm like which one's grumpier <laughs> don't ask tony tony the pony looks back over his shoulder and he actually does have to think about it for a second he puts a hoof on his chin and he goes <laughs> and he points at thomas uh, well okay <laughs> hang on popcorn which one's grumpier Popcorn looks back at you and sheepishly raises a hoof to point at you. <laughs> All right, I'll go in. I'll do it. Hey, look, it's not wrong with being happy, I guess. It's fine. I want to look at it anyway. Gary, you get a little giggle out as a... <laughs> oh. No, I'm oh, kidding. Shit. I I'm kidding. <laughs> it's fine. I, I want to check it out for myself anyway, so... I mean, you can come along. I don't I want to go through the window, though. I don't want to go through the door. Through the window! To the I think wall. the door's fine. Let me see if it's locked. I'm going to try and open the door you open the door and it is like super easy to open it was not locked <laughs> she didn't even lock a door maybe everybody's nice at rabbit cove but you don't need to it's like canada all right i'm going in i mean fantasy canada i'm going in <laughs> Fanada. Fanada. <laughs> okay you go in and you see what i described to you earlier 
a beautiful couch by the fireplace. There are doors leading to bedrooms and a bathroom. There is that kind of kitchen island with a pantry with tons of ingredients, both for food and presumably magical studies, as well as a library and a writing nook. And the writing nook has uh, neat piles of papers and books and journals. Okay, start with the desk, I guess, with all the papers. Okay, what are you investigating on the desk? There's like a writing mat, basically, like a nice leather pad. There is an inkwell, plenty of quills. You see papers with like loose manuscripts. And then you also see nice, very neat bound copies of a lot of Jessica's books. A Deadly Flirtation, A Bridge Too Far, The Grass Is Always Greener, all of those. You assume that these are likely like the first edition like prints. Hmm. And then you also see what look to be leather journals on the desk. Yeah, I was looking for any kind of files work related. I guess the journals are the closest thing. You going to read through the journals? Yeah. Okay, there's a lot of writing in these, so it's going to take you some time to sit down and read them. There is a green one, a purple one, a red one, and a yellow one. <laughs> Everybody grab a book. We have some little, some studying to do. Wait. <laughs> Meanwhile, Thomas has dove through a window. There's a little tumble inside. We hear the sound of a xylophone as the skeletons <laughs> roll on the ground and resonate. All right. I'm in. The name's Bones. James Bones. <laughs> Where am I? What room am I in? The main room. <laughs> oh. All right. I'll grab a book. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's in the main room. The only doors here are the ones that lead to the bedrooms and the bathroom. Oh, I want to go look in the bathroom. You open the bathroom door and roll an investigation for me. There's a poopy. <laughs> There's two. <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> No, it's a it's a cute little bathroom, clawfoot bathtub, plenty of bath bombs lying around. Any cabinets? In the cabinets, you open it and you see general uh, toiletries, many pallets of makeup. Yeah, I, like, what are you looking for? Something suspicious. There's a bobblehead. <gasps> What's the bobblehead of? It looks like a little crocodile with sunglasses. Oh, I know what to do with this. And I want to throw it on the floor and destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> Roll a... A wisdom saving throw. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Five. Okay. Shame on you. Steve? I mean, I mean, Thomas, what, what, what was that noise? <laughs> oh, um, sensei, I, ble- I mean, <clears throat> I, it was just some bobblehead of a gator. I, I destroyed it because I thought I'd get bonus points. But anyway. Since the tech magic runs for like 10 minutes, I'm going to like grab that book. But I'm going to like got to be like a magical fucking metal detector and like try to find <laughs> just running around the house where it's like I can feel the aura like the strongest. Okay. You run around the house and the aura is pretty even throughout. The only notable things are maybe like in the pantry. There are magical ingredients that are giving off a very faint magic. But just like as an experienced magic user, you know that they're not like enchanted. It's just they could be used to like make something. Yeah. But you don't seem to find like a fountain of magic in the house or anything. Okay. You know, Gary, I don't want to get deep in the weeds of conspiracy here, but Jessica is a murder mystery writer. What better writer for murder mysteries than an actual murderer? What do you think about that, Gary? The, well, yeah, actually, I'm going through these journals, and then I'm going through the novels next. Okay. <laughs> Reading all of them. <laughs> Tiro, you open one of the bedrooms, and it is very clearly like a guest bedroom, because it has like a smaller bed, a little nightstand, and a completely empty closet. You really don't find anything here. Okay. You go to the other bedroom and roll an investigation check for me. Ba, 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 
um, 12. You presume this is most likely Jessica's bedroom. It has a much larger bed. It has a big, beautiful boudoir with a mirror. And there are still clothes in like the drawers and the closet. There's a beautiful picture, uh, or I guess a beautiful portrait of Jessica with her arm on a man's chest, smiling, which you presume, well, you don't know who it would be, but for the rest of the party, you assume this may be Frank, the husband that passed away. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, you can tell a lot about a person by what kind of bed they have, and he's gonna, like, plop down her fucking bed. You plop down, it is heavenly soft. Like, this is luxury right here, baby. Like, feeling how soft it is, he just kind of bites his lip a little, just goes, I mean, um. (laughs) Tiro, what the hell are you doing? Um, you can tell a lot about a person from their bed, and uh, this bed checks out. <laughs> You're leaving behind evidence that someone was in the house. Are you insane? I mean, I don't care. I, They're not going to know who was here. Oh, amateur. All right. He, like, pats the bed and was like, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, which journal are you reading? Let's say the yellow one. All right, I'll take the green one. I guess I'll come back and take the purple one, but I also want to investigate, like, the bookshelf. Let's handle your investigation of the bookshelf first, because that's probably going to be faster than reading through a whole last journal. We're about to have a book club here (laughs) man don't you guys remember jessica refused to read through a teen girl's diary in the first one no respect for privacy bro she hey the shit she done to us yeah uh okay so tyronicus whoa tiro same thing how familiar are you with the writings of jessica felcher my role said two, so not very. <laughs> okay, yeah, so you don't know her very well, and you look over this library, and there's all manner of subjects. It seems to be, like, organized by section, and then within the sections by, like, author slash publishing year. But there is plenty of different materials. There's tons of fiction. There is also plenty of nonfiction. There is history. There are a few law tomes, maybe not as many as you would expect. And then also there is one beautiful section that has Jessica's anthology, which you just recognized by you know jay felcher and you see all of her big hits a deadly flirtation a bridge too far the grass is always greener the case of the pocket full of dead fish they're all there along with any number of other tomes by other authors hmm. sounds interesting I think I'm pretty back. <laughs> now hold on um you know i don't know if you if you want to take the journal something tells me what if jessica is like a medieval rapper and she just puts all her confessions in her art in her in her poems like uh you know most rap artists do maybe these murder mystery novels are uh, not so much mysteries but her actual uh experience in the murder that's what i was trying to tell you gary that's what i said before what whatever did happen to frank did she tell us <gasps> she told you he died right oh he my did god oh my god <laughs> yeah remember the money she has in the first session she says is from my dead husband's pension yes frank. yes that oh she god. killed that she killed how much money was that i wasn't much okay it was like 15 but you know i don't think she would mind killing for that lower price thomas is nervously sweating skeleton sweat <laughs> skeleton sweat um i'm i'm going to read i want to look through journals and then i want to skim through the murder mystery novels okay actually i want Thomas and Gary, both of you give me a, I guess, a history check to see how familiar you are with Jessica's books. <laughs> one critical fail. And I have an eight. I probably looked at one of them. And I was like, this is this is cheesy. <laughs> okay, here's what I'll say. If you want to read through the journals, 
and then the books as well it's going to take you Days. longer <laughs> but i can like narrate it in a more interesting way if you're like okay we'll take the two hours or whatever to sit down and go through we it. got all the time in the world here baby we're going through it all all right <laughs> let's do it <laughs> Let's start with the journals and see what we get out of that. Yeah, Maybe. the journals first. But yeah, it's going to take extra time, but you'll spend a few hours collectively going through all of them. Maybe you like you do popcorn reading. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do little voices. Yeah. Popcorn's <laughs> going to read popcorn. We need you. Get in here. <laughs> uh, popcorn storms into the house. <laughs> um, okay. All right. I'm excited. Story time. Yeah. So Gary, Tiro, Thomas, you all sit around on this nice, comfy, quilted couch by the fireplace. Journals spread open. All the books open for cross-referencing as you kind of read through. My legs are up on the couch, like, sideways, and I'm reading like this. <laughs> you begin reading the green journal. I believe Thomas is reading this one, and I'm imagining that you're reading aloud. You guys are taking turns going through all of this. And it seems relatively normal. It details a lot of Jessica's daily life in Rabbit Cove. This is absolutely her diary. It details, you know, the first time she sees Frank. It details her playing bridge with the ladies down at the Twin Needles. Lots of ordinary stuff like that. That is until towards the end of the book. Towards the end of the journal, you stumble upon a passage about someone named Danny Pertino, a half-orc. He was a traveling sword for hire. You know that Prudence, uh, you guys get all the goss, the hot goss on the town. All of it, all of it. <laughs> the trash. Absolutely. <laughs> the trash. <laughs> Prudence Sweepworthy is this buxom human woman who runs the main store. She loves gossiping, so she's a super chatty Cathy. Uh, she and Jessica are relatively good friends. And so, yeah, you kind of get to know this about Prudence. Now, one of the things Prudence hates being a buxom woman, she hates sexual advances on her. Cannot stand them. Will immediately turn her off. So, Danny Pertino, this traveling half-orc sword for hire, kind of comes through town. Throughout the course of the next few days, you read these journals and you see that he had been flirting with Prudence and he's come on really, really strong. At which point, Jessica was passing by and took notice of how uncomfortable Prudence becomes. And she steps in and flirts with Mr. Pertino instead to kind of get him off of Prudence's back. At which point, she details the process of bringing him back to the cabin castrating him oh and killing him Oof. wait who wait 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 prudence or jessica no 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 no, no. jessica jessica we were right dude what the fuck the entry finishes with prudence didn't deserve that kind of treatment and justice was in my hands well done me gary oh. is prone on the floor with the head resting in his hands elbows on the floor and his legs were like kicking back and forth this whole time like a girl <laughs> at a slumber party with the <laughs> his hands dropped to the floor oh my gosh <laughs> thomas's hands go to his mouth like <gasps> <laughs> what we were right what the fuck? Well, it doesn't sound like she killed her husband, but she did kill some other guy. Well, that's just one book, my friend. We already found them. What other horror stories are we going to read? These are probably all people she's killed. Gary, uh, she she has Dot right now. <sighs> Ooh. Wait, but why would she let us go, though? She didn't kill us. That doesn't make sense to me. She, she kills people that she thinks deserves it, I guess. 
I just thought must have did something. Do you think that reading her personal journals would make her think you deserve it? Oh, well, yeah, she might be like, you know, you can't know my secret. Like, ah, we have to kill her. But <laughs> technically, if we're going to get real technical, I don't think you deserved it, Gary, but you did wipe out an entire town not too long ago. So, look, it's fine. You would have qualified it. for that. There's no double jeopardy. I'm acquitted. It's fine. However, we can report this to authorities, and we probably should. Right. But then, since it's a different town, I don't know if that matters. You know, like that might not carry over. Anyway. Wait, we can't stop on chapter one. Let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, we might have to get an army, Thomas, to get Dot back. We don't need an army. Jessica's one person. She's got an army at her disposal, though. (laughs) Oh, that's right. I forgot As we know. Damn. At this point, I don't mind killing her. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Let's let's just keep reading and, and see what happens. All right. Okay. Tiro, you take this one and you begin reading aloud the purple journal. Again, it is a lot of the regular daily life of Jessica. You see more kind of musings on Frank from time to time. You see occasional drama between Gwendolyn and Maggie, the two spinster sisters that she plays bridge with over at the Taylors. And then eventually you come upon a passage. The passage details a story of Nancy Smarthy, an old dwarf woman. She was passing through and she joined Jessica, Gwen, and Maggie for bridge. And she cheated them. A bridge too far. And took quite a bit of money. (sighs) That evening, Jessica helped Amos, the dwarf that runs the tavern out. She helped clean up and poisoned Nancy. Then she wrote a guilt-riddled suicide note. At the end of this passage, you see, as Jessica reflects on having written that suicide note, a little note that says, Maybe I should start writing. A bridge too far. I was right. You grab a bridge too far and you find that it is exactly the details of the murder, just with names and locations and details changed. Jeez. Maybe, okay, let's not. Ice JJ <sighs> Felcher, she's a rapper. This is a lot of evidence, but I mean, maybe, maybe this journal was a rough draft. Maybe. Oh boy. <laughs> This is this is juicy. What did this woman do to her? She cheated at bridge and took a bunch of the money. Cheated at bridge. Oh boy. Wow, why are we not dead right now? That's not a big thing to kill someone for. Well, what did we do wrong until we wiped out an entire village of undead? I think she was just covering her tracks. You think? What did Dot do wrong though? Well, assuming Jessica's the one that killed Dot. This whole journey west thing could be a red herring. What if there's nothing at the end? What if she sent us out here? Oh my, what was the message I found on the wall in Dot's house? I wrote it down. God, remind me. You should have left well enough alone. You should have left well Well enough enough alone. alone. But then- Could Jessica have written that? She had access to Dot's apartment. The thing is, I mean, again, this was Jessica. She could be lying to our faces. But when we use her tooth to eavesdrop on Monique- she was having conversations with a Hagatha, and they seemed like to be something deeper there. Right. Were you part of that message, Gary? Were you? Did you hear that as well? I. That's the thing. I didn't hear it, so Jessica could just be straight up lying to us. That could be a red herring right there. Right. But God wouldn't lie to us. God was there too. He heard. Jesus loves you. <laughs> Fantasy Jesus. What's, What's the, the difference? Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh, theories are rattling around in my little skull. More, more, more 
more uh, tea, more gossip. We have to keep looking. I- I'm going to go make a pot of tea in the kitchen. <laughs> there are ingredients. You make lovely tea. Yes. Everyone, take a cup. Oh, poor Thomas. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Thomas, you soak your bones in the tea and you feel some joint relief. <laughs> All right. That's not too bad. <laughs> Appreciate it, Thomas. Okay. Gary, you take the next one, the red journal. This one, again, continues to tell the regular story. At this point, as the journals have gone on and on, you've seen an increasing interest in Frank. However, Frank, as you have now learned throughout these journals, was actually married to Prudence, the general storekeeper. But Jessica has become more and more interested in him, and uh, eventually, as the journal progresses, you reach the passage that tells the tale of Richard Biggis, a traveling musician. He charmed Prudence with a song and slept with her, which her husband, Frank, was none too happy about. Jessica makes her move on Frank at that point, and he leaves Prudence. However, Richard sticks around for a while and ends up sleeping with some of the spinsters, Gwen and Maggie, who are Jessica's dear friends. At this point, Jessica kills Richard. Okay, that's another one. But the rest of the journal details a very lovely wedding with Frank. Does it say how she killed Richard? I believe she slit his throat. Does she have thoughts on the killing in this journal? None in this one. Usually there are a few, like, remorseful, like, reflections. Yeah. This one just kind of tells you, I killed him. This one, she just did it and moved on. Wow, she's gotten colder each journal. Wow. This is a mid-season finale, everyone. All right. (laughs) Next book. (laughs) Next book. The next book is the final journal that you have. It's the yellow one. This one seems to be a slightly older Jessica and again continues to tell more and more stories throughout the journals you have learned a little bit about Jason Kurtowski Jason Kurtowski is the merfolk man that runs the marina down there Captain Kurtowski's however it used to be run by his father Adelbert Adelbert Kurtowski is Jason's father as I said and he is senile at this point In his younger days, he had bullied his family into the business, but Jason had always wanted to pursue his passions outside of the marina, but Adelbert just wouldn't have it. Anytime he found his son working on a side project, he would beat him. One day, Jessica sees him through the window, and she makes up her mind. That night, she meets up with him on the beach and kills him. She leaves his jacket on the shore with a pocket full of dead fish and a note in a bottle. Gone to the sea, where I will be free. Okay, that one connects. This journal actually doesn't end here. This is a big one, and then you see a few days are missing in Jessica's journaling. Eventually, she picks it back up and continues to write as regular. However, towards the end of the journal, she details that Adelbert, being a resident of the town, drew a lot more speculation, and Jessica actually comes quite close to being discovered as a serial murderer. At which point, you see over the course of the next few weeks, Jessica decides to begin studying law and says she has met some sort of benefactor that could help her. The journal simply ends on the phrase, The townsfolk appear to have figured out that I've been responsible for the disappearances. No matter. They won't be looking into it soon. The spell is in effect and works like a charm. (laughs) Look at that joke I made there. Yikes. At that point, Tyrell jumps up, snatches the book, and, like, goes back over it. It's like, 
the spell is in effect. All right, we have a reason for you to help us now, I think. Abuse of magic right there. Mm. Oh, boy. The whole town is under a spell, then. You were right, Tiro. I, is she that powerful? She's a lead, Gary. But I mean, she almost died the other day out in the desert. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gary's going to take the journals and try and match the journals with... There's five novels? There are more than five books. Jessica has many, many books. Yeah, she's written a lot. Oh, so these are all her murders? How many of them are there? There are eight books. So clearly your friend is a mass murderer. Yes. But more importantly, she's misused magic. In which case, I'm going to have to step in. Now, from what I know about magic, if she's casting on a wide scale... It- one is taking components, and then it also probably did some kind of rune or a ritual. So we should probably look around and see if there's anything connected to that in order to keep the town's number under whatever the spell effect may be. Wouldn't the source be here, though, if she made the spell? Possibly, but if it's affecting the whole town, it could very much be pieces surrounding the town. Well, you said you felt it strongest here. I felt a trace that was stronger than the orchard here. I mean, it could just be... Jessica herself keeping the spell up, right? I mean, she put me to sleep God knows how many times. It, maybe she just has a permanent spell on all these people. It's a possibility as well. That's a lot of concentration, even when she's unconscious. It's true. Uh, God, the journals, are they all autographed? Uh, not the journals, the books, are they autographed? Yeah. Okay, I'm taking every murder mystery novel and journal. <laughs> Gary, we can't show that this place has been disturbed. What are you doing? We have evidence now. It's true. All right. Oh, man. She could come after us if she sees that they're gone. She's already after you, pal. She just doesn't know how much we know. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Yep. Take it. Take it. Let's get out of here. I'm taking four journals, eight murder mystery novels. Okay. All right, Tira. Where to next? Mm. I want to search around the house if I can find any, like, traces of the magic first. Yeah. Let's finish the house search. It really doesn't seem like anything is emanating from this building here. So it doesn't seem like anything's from here. I think we should check the tavern first. Well, we can go check the mausoleum on our way down. Oh, that's, yep. Is that where her victims are? I'm sure some of her friends are probably around there as well. Oh, God. For all we know, the source could very much be in, um, what was his name? Frank? Maybe he has a tomb and maybe there's some traces of it there. She did love him. We're gonna close the door and the window though. Yes. You put back everything exactly as it was, except now there's just like missing books and journals. You guys lock up, and as you come out, Tony looks to you, Gary, like very concerned. Tony, Jessica is a bad woman. Mm-hmm. You have evidence that uh, she's responsible for some murders. <sighs> it's a shame. <sighs> I think, uh, yeah, it's a shame. He hangs his head low, and Popcorn walks up to his side and tries to, like, cheer him up a little bit as you guys head down the hill. Popcorn. Mm-hmm. I'm not that grumpy, all right? Am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> you head down the hill as the wind picks up and starts blowing, and you arrive at this gorgeous, tall, white marble mausoleum. Ironically, it seems to remind you of a courthouse with its angled ceilings and detailed pillars. The entrance, however, is locked. I'm going to take out my ink pen. I'm going to try to pick the lock. You're going to have to roll that with disadvantage, buddy, but go for it. Okay. That's a nine. That's probably what it's going to be. I was wrong. It's going to be a six. Okay. Your ink pen, like, breaks off inside the lock. Ah! My pen! <laughs> I'm going to snap my fingers. I'm going to cast the second level knock. Yeah, you wave your fingers and you hear this big echoey set of knocks. Ow! They 
shoot out off the cliff and over into the bay and they echo within that underside of the bay. Gary covers his ears. Ah, what the fuck was that? That was a spell called knock. Very useful. Very loud. <laughs> That's what that was. Okay. And the marble doors slide open, but first, Tiro, roll a d20. Oh. <laughs> that is a four. Roll a d100. 76. Tiro, you suddenly begin glowing with a bright white light in a 30-foot radius. Oh, God. Gary, Thomas, and I guess all of the horses as well, since they were right next to you, you guys get blinded until your next turn. Ah, ah, ah. What the hell are you doing, man? I'm sorry. I, just, I can't see anything. I didn't mean to do it. Sorry. Shit. You got to control your powers, man. You're summoning jellyfish and flashbangs. <laughs> this is why you got demoted, Tiro. I didn't get demoted. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a little touchy subject there. The door has opened and you see a stark marble interior. Oh, creepy. The columns that line the small mausoleum have mounted ever-lit torches emitting steady, calming flames. And in the center sits a massive adorned white marble coffin with gold accents. Just one coffin? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's a very small mausoleum. All right. Oh, Frank, you think? I don't want to go grave robbing here. Is this okay? Okay, he's not undead. Like, he's dead dead. Like, we don't it? have to steal anything. We're just checking. Yeah, but we're going to be disturbing a coffin and... It's a little... Come on, Thomas. The pursuit of justice. Yeah, all right. Fine, fine. Just do it quick. I guess we're gonna open the coffin? Okay, it's hard to open the lid because it's a heavy, heavy marble, but you kind of slide it open and sitting inside you see a corpse. Male, female. Presumably male, yeah. Can I read an inscription on the coffin to see who it is? You can definitely roll an investigation on the coffin. I'm and gonna read. do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rolling shit today, 11. You read an inscription on the coffin that says, nothing could separate us. For blood is always thicker than water. Her brother, husband. <laughs> Anyone want to read a name? I'm gonna roll the investigation. Critical fail. I'm still. I am still fucking blind. From that <laughs> goddamn flashbang. All right, Tiro, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> My investigation isn't the best, but uh. Ah, oh, 19. Okay, not bad. So you also see the inscription. Nothing can separate us. For blood is always thicker than water. However, on the south end of where the coffee sits, you see streak marks as if something had been dragged repeatedly back and forth. Oh, everyone push the base of the coffin. Push it. Secret passageway. Alright, well, should we get the guy out first? What? Why would we do that, Gary? That's a little morbid. The base of the coffin? Like, there's something under here, Gary. Oh, like move the coffin. Y yes. Uh, here, let me reword it. <clears throat> Let's move the base of the coffin forward. What? Why don't we just move the coffin? Why would you? Why are you gonna? Oh, great idea, Gary! You're why brilliant. are you deconstructing this coffin? <laughs> what a brilliant idea, Gary! All yours. Let's let's go ahead and do exactly that. All right, yeah, yeah a little help. I'm already here. I asked for your help. No, I mean, Gary, well, I'm yeah, devoting well, you back to assistant. Congratulations. Just lift the fucking coffin already. I'm docking your pay. <laughs> Let's go. You already docked all of it, even though I did all the work. Now you're in the negatives. Congratulations. Taylor's gonna help. Thank you. You go to push, and it does not budge. <clears throat> Pull. 
Everyone pull. You pull and it doesn't budge. So Tyrion's gonna snap his hand, cast Mage Hand, and try to like lift the skeleton up easily with the Mage Hand to see if there's anything underneath it. You cast Mage Hand and the skeleton's a little too heavy to pick up, but you can kind of sit it up and it sits up in the coffin, but you don't see anything under it. Okay, then we're gonna lay that shit back down. There's gotta be like a secret button or something to... Well, I think it actually, you might be right about the base. If we take the guy out and then we make a hole down through the coffin, maybe there's something. Gary, there's marks here. The coffin won't move. But it's clearly been moved before. Look at the marks. I don't know. What What's the inscription again? Blood is thicker than water? Nothing could separate us, for blood is always thicker than water. Oh, it's a puzzle. Uh, Alright, you're the purest here. And I grab Tiro's hand and I take a little cut with my scimitar. Damn. <laughs> 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 what the fuck? Sorry, mine's infected. He's a skeleton. Here, just drip it over here. <laughs> over the body. Jeez. So you're just gonna like look at them with like disgust <laughs> and then, like smear his hand a little bit on like the skeleton and like <laughs> the side. Okay. Tiro, you take one point of damage from having your hand cut open. You smear blood on the skeleton face like Calvin Candy in Django and then nothing happens you smear blood on the coffin and as that happens the lid slides shut and the runes begin to glow as your blood fills the engraving and the coffin slides forward ah. revealing a staircase yeah see we did it that actually worked can I get my money that I'm doing all the work for mm, no you made fun of me for the little base coffin thing you're, you're not getting more money you're the assistant now. I'm rolling my eyes. All right. Down the stairs. Here we go. Tiro, you're promoted for the blood sacrifice. Senior assistant, <laughs> congratulations. Um, thank you. Does that come with any perks? Or? Very, very prestigious title. Congratulations. Get out while you can, man. Trust me. <laughs> it's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink the Kool-Aid. The stairs are shrouded in shadow, and you see the flicker of flames from deeper within. At the base of the stairs, you see a long hallway of roughly five-foot-wide checkered red and black tiles. Lit sconces hang from the ceiling, and the stone walls are lined with what look like cubby holes. Every few feet, you see skulls in some of the cubbies. At the end of the hall, there is a large open space. You see some sort of pulsing purple orb that appears to be surrounded by statues. The source. We don't know if that's it's a source of something. Tiro, what, when you find the source, what do you do with it? Do you have to destroy it? You know, I probably have to take this back with me. Last time you guys destroyed the source, they got me put here. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. We shouldn't make that mistake again. We do not want to destroy magical sources. <laughs> How big is this orb? You can't see it too great from here because you're kind of far away. It seems to be on some sort of pedestal. But imagine like the size of a head, a little bigger. Oh, okay. Yeah. But how do you fix the people under the spell? You take it away. It's in an area. If we seal away the magic and um, magic dampening box, it should. How is it not affecting us right now? I don't know, dude. Magic. <laughs> yeah. All right. That, yeah. All right. I'm sure she used some kind of inscription that only affects the people in this town, or maybe it, there's some kind of conditioning. Well, go, go grab it. See wait, what wait, 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 wait. I hate to say it, but traps. You might have to detect some traps maybe. Those statues look really sus right now. I mean, I don't know how to detect traps. If I detect magic, I'm just gonna pick up this orb. Yeah. 
Um, well, I still have my mage hand. Is it heavier? Than wait, <laughs> before we grab it, should we have like a, a little control group set up to make sure that this absolutely works? Should we go talk to a town person, see if there really is a spell on them, then come back, grab the orb, and see if they're unaffected? No. Okay. <laughs> I just thought I'd check. Tiro's also the most qualified for this. All right. So. Well, Tiro will tell us if the spell is gone or not. Listen, a human head is about 10 pounds, and that looks human head size. But if it is too heavy, and a little mage hand squirms its way out of Gary's <laughs> chest, I can help you. How many statues are there? You can't see them all because this is a tight hallway and it opens into a bigger room, but it looks like there's a good couple. Ooh, they, they're going to come to life. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Thomas, did you pick your spells? Uh, I have enough. I'm going to stay right here. Oh, my God. God. Oh, God. Useless as always. <laughs> I'm going to stay here at the base of the stairs, ready to bolt upwards if we need to make a quick exit. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to run up really quick to the t entrance. Like, Tony, popcorn. Uh, we need you guys on standby. Really dangerous stuff down here. We might need to head out soon. Tony, you come down. Let me know if something, uh, someone's coming or something important. Okay. <laughs> Tony just says, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I run down to meet Tiro and Thomas. Be prepared. Let's go together. I put two skeletal thumbs up to Tiro saying, you got this. I'm going to assume it's been past a minute, so I'm probably going to have to recast Maytan. It's not within 30 feet. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I think we have to move up. We're going to trip some statues. You and me together, it's going to be fine. All right, so we're going to move closer first, and then I'll do it. Carefully. I'm going to be looking for traps. We're going to, like, ease our way. Try to keep an eye out for any traps or anything like that. As you walk onto those first red and black tiles... You hear a noise as out from one of the cubbies, you see a skeleton begin to claw its way out. It flops out onto the ground and then reforms up at you. You see what looks like a somewhat orcish heavy skull, this big tall man wielding this ornate weathered sword and it begins charging at you. Roll for initiative. How is he caring that he has no muscle? Brothers? <laughs> 19. 12. 14. Tiro, you are up first. Oof. So I'm just gonna like backpedal while I snap my fingers and try to make a firebolt pop out and hurl at him. 17. 17, that hits. Roll for damage and also roll a d20. <laughs> 19. 19. Okay. And what did you get on the d20? An 8. Okay, roll a d100. So a 5. You blast this firebolt. It flies out. You see the orc charging at you. It lifts the big ornate sword. And the bolt almost like hardens to a point and pierces through its sternum, burning up its ribcage. And the bones go flying everywhere, getting eaten up by this incredibly powerful blast as the sword clatters to the ground. And then, right where the skeleton was... You see a Modron. Bro. Who? You see this like mechanical bean with wings. It is completely mechanical. It like blinks with lenses and it almost looks like a clock of sorts. And it's zipping around going. Is that under your control? Um, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. What do we do with it? it just, it just sits there. I'm, I'm, uh, it'll, it'll disappear at some point. Hey. Oh, you talk? Who brought me here? <laughs> what do you want? I got shit to do, okay? The unit 
universe is a chaotic place and there are a lot of things I need to keep in order. Can you grab that orb? What? No, actually, I don't know if we should. <laughs> he might take it with him. Uh, what is your name? Hi. Hi. I'm Robert the Modron. Robert, where you come from? A different realm? This realm? A different plane, yeah, obviously. Tara, what if we just send that magic stuff to a different plane? Uh, no, I need oh, it. Whoa, whoa, oh. whoa, 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 whoa. I am not taking whatever is happening here to the plane of ultimate law and order, okay? Okay. Can you just bring that to us? What? The, there's a there's a big orb there, purple thing. The orb? Yes. Yeah, sure, I guess. Whatever. And it flies over. It picks <laughs> up the orb off the pedestal and then disappears oh. and the orb falls back onto the pedestal. <laughs> okay, the skeleton is gone. What do you do? What was he carrying? A big ornate but like weathered broadsword. Like you could tell it's probably expensive but rusted. Yeah, expensive though. Thomas, you want that? What what? You you want a sword or something? I don't know. Well I have a dagger. Alright, well it looks pretty valuable. I'll just take it. Wait, 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 wait. So I'm under the assumption that we stepped on like a panel and then the thing popped out or did it just roll? Rolling Arcana for me. God damn it. Oh, wait, no. So I did get a one, but because I am a halfling, I have lucky where I, if I roll a one on a d20 for an attack roll, ability check, or save throw, I can reroll the die and I gotta use the new one. So I can never one out. All right, go for it. 18. So you piece together that you and Gary both kind of walked onto these tiles and then like almost immediately after the skeleton animated. So you have a feeling that the tiles are somehow connected to skeletons animating. So Tiro's going to look back at them and it's like, look guys, so obviously every time we step on one of these tiles, something bad could possibly happen. I could try to detect which tiles something happens if it's magical, uh, but you see what happens when I use magic. So, <laughs> what do you want to do? Well, now I wish I got the guy to fly me over there. Thomas, how tall are you? Six feet. Tiro, how tall are you? Four feet. Four feet. All right. You guys can, <laughs> you guys can form a little parallel uh, long ways uh, structure and walk against the wall, hands and feet, like over these tiles. <laughs> I don't know how athletic you guys are or acrobatic, but uh, that's a way to not trip any tiles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Maybe Tiro will summon another flying creature and we'll tell it to, you know, get it or something or bring us over. I don't know. Well, I will say that it's not always a summon, but if you want me to do it, we can try it out. We could just keep moving and kill whatever on the way. Uh, which tile do you think it was then? So we know which one to not step on. Alright, so, looking at the tiles, they are red and black, yes? So let's see what happens. Um, what was your name again? Gary? Yeah. Why don't you move to a red tile like where I am and see if anything happens? There is one directly in front of you, Gary. Yeah, so I'm gonna go on that one. You step on the tile. No. Okay, red tiles look okay. I wanna step on another red tile. Thomas, you step onto the tile with T-Row on it and nothing happens. I wanna step on a different red tile. You step onto the one with Gary on it and nothing happens. No, another one in front of me. It's a checkerboard, so it has to be diagonal. Yeah, I'll go diagonal to another red tile. Okay, you step onto the next one in front of Gary. Nothing happens. Alright, well, it looks like the red tiles are safe. Let's go, guys. Okay, but I think the statues are gonna get angry, but sure. Just be careful. And you guys... You step your way all the way through the red tiles. Okay. And you arrive at the end of the hallway. You find yourself in a large open circular space. Glowing waters flow around the edge of the space, gently illuminating it. In the center, 
you see a large pulsating purple orb on a marble stand. It glows, and the closer you get, the more of some intangible force you feel pushing against you, and you can't help but smile. You feel incredible positive energy wash over you. Surrounding the orb are various statues. Okay. <laughs> Feeling it now, Mr. Krebs. Now what, Tiro? Mm. You think it's gonna hurt us? Aren't you the magic guy? Who hired you to do this job? Hold on, Thomas Christ. All magic just takes research as well. Just because I know about magic doesn't mean I know about all magics. Clearly, whoever designed this, your friend Jessica, I'm assuming, wanted to cover up probably her murders, which makes everyone happy. So, from what I understand so far, the spell itself is relatively harmless. Those statues are a different story. Those are definitely probably gonna attack us. That's why would she leave this unguarded? But, I'm gonna investigate one. That's 14. So, you notice a couple of things. First, you notice that there are a ton of statues all around the place, and there are three there that are like half built, almost like they're growing. Mm. Then, you don't recognize any of the statues here except for one. A turtle. Oh. And you recognize it as the turtle you saw earlier. What? Furthermore, upon closer inspection, the statues that are half built seem to be eerily resembling Gary, Thomas, and Tiro. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Destroy the statues? Yes. I thought destroying magical items was a bad thing. I know, I know, I know. At this point, you hear a panicked whinnying as Tony the Pony runs down the stairs. <laughs> Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. As Jessica Felcher walks down the steps behind Tony. Oh, no! What the fuck? Hello? Is, uh, is anyone down here? Hi? I take the hide action. <laughs> Roll a stuff check. I mean, I, I saw Tony in popcorn, so I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and, uh... 16. <laughs> Roll a perception check, Jessica. Jessica's perception check was a three. Gary, you hide behind one of the statues, and you feel very well hidden. I summon Shadow Blade. A dark ooze seeps out of the book, and it forms around my hand, and it zooms up into a, a sword figuration, and so the shadow is sort of emanating around my hand, but the rest of it looks like a black sword. Well, you do that. However, I'm gonna note a couple of things happen. As you see Jessica, you feel a really big smile on your face. Fuck. Gary, you hide, but you feel yourself giggling behind one of the statues. <laughs> and furthermore, literally just wielding the sword almost seems to hurt a little bit. Like, it's really not what you want to do. But you wield it. Hi, Jessica. Good to see you. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna stop my finger and cast a level two suggestion on Jessica immediately. So Jessica, roll wisdom saving throw. If you beat 16, you're saved. What is your spellcasting ability, Tiro? Uh, charisma. She has to beat a 16? Yeah. You actually have to beat an 11. Okay, uh, it was a 13, so thank goodness for that. Fuck! <laughs> roll a d20 for me. That is a six. Okay, roll a d100. 84. Oh, this sucks. Gary and Thomas, no. you each take what? eight points of necrotic damage. Ah. Zero, you regain 16 hit points. Oh, nice. It, hello, boys. Uh, excuse me. Um, I don't know why you're down in my uh, mausoleum for Frank and the family here, but uh, could I just... Hi. You remember me. It's Jessica, yeah? I mean, I don't know what... Hi. It's good to see you all. I... Hello? Jessica, it's good to see you too. You actually genuinely kind of mean that. How are you? How have you been? I mean, 
I, I've been... I'm gonna walk forward towards Jessica. Oh, careful. Hi. I, oh my God, Thomas. Okay, uh, I don't know where Gary is, but I, I mean, to answer your question about how I've been, I honestly, I've been better. Um, I, I know that thing. I know things don't look great. I gotta be honest with ya. Um, yeah, no kidding. Okay, the three fucking statues. I'm going to cast Acid Splash on my statue to try and melt it, and Tiro statue since it can be two targets. Four and a one. It eats at the statues just a little bit. Okay, uh, so listen, I know Paluman and uh, the fellas at the other courthouse uh, that, uh, that Asia were passing through might have uh, caused a little bit of distress to you, and I understand, and I'm really sorry, I just, you guys have to understand what kind of like a position that I'm in with this courthouse gig, and I'm I'm really trying to, oh God, I just. You hear an echo like from the statues, like, Jessica. Oh, Gary, there you, where, I don't, I'm not exactly sure where you are because. Jessica. Dang, you're hiding so well. We can. I'll, let me count to ten and I'll see if I can find you. One, two. Jessica, we we know. You know what, Gary? <laughs> what you've been up to? We know what your muse is for your novels. Okay. Um. Well, first of all, reading people's diaries is very rude. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. And it's a very big invasion of personal space. And <sighs> I I would like to preface everything that like these people were not. Good people, okay? You have to understand. They came into town and they were doing all these sort of nasty things and I mean I we're, we're such a little town and we're so far away from any damn courthouses that we never get any justice out here and I just wanted to see some gosh darn justice done and I Jessica, I just wanna know one thing. Yeah? Before you kill us. I'm not gonna kill you, Gary Chief Louise. Just please tell me honestly. Did you kill Dot? No. A lot of hesitation there. <laughs> I don't know why you would think that. I'm. My left hand is quivering, building up the Can glass. I'd like, <laughs> like glean an insight check on it. Yeah, make an insight check. You make it with disadvantage and minus five. Jesus Christ. Okay. So 17 minus five is 12. Like, granted, I don't even know who Dot is. I'm just, like, scoping her out. It feels relatively genuine, and you smile a little bit as you hear it. Listen, listen, guys. The, the victims, Danny Danny Pertino, he was the first. And, and listen, he he came into town, and he was really kind of abusing his... He was coming on to Prudence, and she, and, and she really didn't want anything to do with him. And she, he would not take no for an answer, goddammit. And I... I just didn't see anything happening, and I... Well, I took matters into my own hands, okay? And then... And then Nancy Smarty comes along, gosh dang it, to Herc. Miss and, uh, uh, Jessica, what's your name? Right? Yeah, um, hi. It's good to see you again. Obviously, you seem to be causing a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> I'm causing trouble. Anyway, um, I couldn't give a rat's ass about you and your murder circus going on here. But what I am concerned of is there's a giant orb behind me affecting this town. And I really need you to end this spell and hand me the orb. Please, and then I'm just gonna give her a smile. Um, as charming as you seem to be, unfortunately, I do not have control of this orb. I can't end whatever sort of spell you may think it is. This is uh, just a little area that I like to carve statues of the of my friends in town. You know, I like to do some uh, 
some statue crafting, and the orb helps me craft the statues. Then what the hell is that, Jessica? What's the orb? Who put it there? Do you boys have any other questions for me? I'm, I want to answer your questions, so that way you can calm down and maybe not attack me. I have a question. Yeah, I have Thomas. Go ahead. How's this taste? And I cast Eldritch Blast at her face. <laughs> Jessica is going to go ahead and use her reaction to cast Counterspell. Jessica sees Thomas raise his hand, and she sees the sparks of an Eldritch Blast about to blast out of his hand. She lifts up her finger, wags it back and forth in a no version, <laughs> and snaps. And then the sparks dissipate from his hand. Okay, Thomas. Hey, 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 hey. I haven't attacked any of you, so I don't know why you're trying to attack you me. You murdered Let's people, just... Jessica. You murdered <sighs> them. You're supposed to be a lawyer. I wasn't a lawyer at the gosh darn time, and I was doing my best to serve justice in the way that I thought was right, okay? By killing people? That's not justice, Jessica. What the hell is wrong with you? And what about Dot? Did you murder her, too? I did not murder Dot. She's alive in my purse, goddammit, isn't she? I guess if that counts as living, then sure. But still, you murdered a bunch of people. Yes, okay? They were awful people. Scum. It doesn't and matter. You don't kill people, Jessica. I, I didn't have much of a choice. We're a You small... always have a choice, Jessica. You always have a choice. Yeah, I know we have a choice. And I've learned, and I've grown since then. And gosh darn it, I know that there's a better way now. I, I, I made a choice at that time. And yes, yes, it was awful. But I, I... I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> no one fall for it. She's full of it. Thomas, you say no one fall for it, she's full of it, and tears begin streaming down your face. You were supposed to be our friend, Jessica. Why did you kill people? I am your friend, and I killed these people before we'd met. It was a very long time ago, okay? Maybe, maybe we could forgive her, everyone. Maybe it's... Maybe she didn't do anything wrong after all. I don't know why I said that. I don't know what came out of me. <laughs> and listen, if if you feel so strongly about the things I've done in my past, it maybe it's time that I I went on trial for it. And I, you, you guys were lawyers, and 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 if you if you feel the need to, I guess you can uh, you can put me on trial for the crimes that I've done and. And we could see how justice prevails that way. <laughs> Gary casts Acid Splash again on his statue alone this time. Six. It does a little more damage, and you you feel something, but, like, again, still not quite enough. It's not enough. Okay, well, uh, I, 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 know that, I know that things have been rocky ever since Serenity, and, and I, 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 I want to make it up to... I, listen... Let's let's go back to the Eastern Orgaic region and let's let's work together to find justice. Put me on trial there if, if that's if that's what it takes for you guys to to trust me again. I, I will go through that for you guys. Guys, that's a please. That's a good idea. Why don't we just go back and, and we could defend her and get her off? I, Thomas, I don't think she did anything wrong. Thomas, it's a trap. She's got guys right outside. You're smiling. You are smiling so big. It's a trap. She's got guys right outside. That's really clever, though. You have to respect the effort she put in. What do you, what do you mean, guys outside? What are you talking about there? Why don't we just go along with it, right? Hey, you said you're happy, not that you feel compelled. No, you are feeling... All of you are starting to feel more and more compelled. Who is stronger than me to break these statues? I'm so weak, guys. Right, uh, seeing Gary, like, doing the ass and stuff, I'm going to snap my fingers. I'm going to cast Firebolt at my statue. But I'm going to use my sorcery and I'm going to change its element to acid. Nice. Okay. 
Roll that. 11 plus 8, 19. Okay, that hits. Roll for damage. 13? You see a chunk of your statue kind of break off as the acid melts its way in. And again, kind of like Gary, you feel something change quite a bit in you. I'm going to say you have minus four now instead of minus five. It's almost like you're falling into a trance, like, and you're trying to wake up a little bit, but there's something heavy on your eyelids and you find yourself smiling and smiling. You smile a little bit less, but not by much. Mm. So, uh, did you, I mean, Rabbit Cove is really pleasant, isn't it? At least, have you been enjoying your time here? Did you guys get to kind of get to see everything in the town? I, we've got some great places to go and visit. We saw everything Thomas. we needed to see. Thomas. Yes, Gary? It's been nice here, hasn't it? There's been rabbits having sex with each other. Grab the orb. I'm over here by going towards Jessica Don't now. Don't go by her. Just grab the orb. Bring it to me. My my legs are dragging me towards Jessica, but I guess there's like a bit of willpower in my hands, and I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast towards Tiro's statue. I got 11 damage. We see this Eldritch Blast as Thomas is like shuffling his way towards Jessica, like arms open almost to give her a hug. Out of one of the hands, this Eldritch Blast flies out and hits Tiro's statue. And it blasts off maybe like 10-15% of it. And Tiro, you feel like your really, really wide smile turned down just a little bit to minus three. Okay, now uh, I understand that maybe you don't like my artwork that I've got down here in the mausoleum, but I, I mean, I don't think you need to blast it to bits and no, spray no, no. it with it's, acid and things. It's really lovely, Jessica. I think it's a great bit of artwork. I, I don't know why I did that, but it's it's really nice. Well, I, it, I'm glad that you think it, it's nice, Thomas. Gary's pumping his arm like a shotgun to spray more acid splash because that's all he can do. Okay. Uh, but this time onto Tiro's statue fully. Okay, roll the damage. Ugh, three damage. Fuck a fuck. You see it, it eats away and it helps, but there is no tangible effect in Tiro just yet. Oh my god. Green water. Whee! <laughs> okay, I, um, I think, uh, excuse me, uh, Tyrone, was it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I don't, I didn't catch your name, and it's been a while since I've seen you. I'm sorry, I'm a small town girl. That's offensive! She's <laughs> a small town girl. And I'm living in a lonely world, and I just, I, pronunciation and name memorization was never my My name is Tiro. Tiro, I'm so sorry, Tiro. Let me just write down a little pronunciation guide for myself so I don't forget. And Jessica pulls out like a little portable notebook and writes down T-E-A dash R-O-W. T-Row, T-Row, T-Row. Okay, got it, got it. Um, so uh, T-Row, I think you should pro- I mean, this is kind of between my close group of friends here. So I think it's time for you to maybe head on out and maybe leave this place, okay? So why don't you go ahead and do that? Jessica, roll a persuasion with advantage. Oh my God, my rolls are trash. Uh, six. Tiro, roll a wisdom saving throw, disadvantage minus three. God damn. Come on, come on, come on. 17. Not 20, so 17. What the fuck is going on? Minus three. You're good, right? You smile and politely decline Jessica's suggestion. <sighs> well, Tiro, I guess that you're kind of a part of the gang now since we've seen you twice, I suppose. Hi, uh, Jessica. Hi, Tiro. I have a question. Yeah. Why is there a statue of me here? We've met once. Um, well, 
You know, when I'm out of town, you said, this were, the orb, you said these were your friends. Yeah. Clearly, we are not friends. You also just asked me to leave. Why is there a statue of me here? Well, uh, you see, the orb and I are connected in a little special way. So when I meet someone um, that I think I should kind of probably remember the face of, I kind of am able to send a message to the orb to kind of start constructing a little statue of somebody. So these are not your friends. I mean, all these people are my friends, but... But there's a statue of me here, and we are clearly not <sighs> friends. So I'm going to kind of have to sometimes... ask you to break the statue of me, as that is against the law to create things in my likeness. Kira, why are you being so mean to her? I I'm going to demote you. You're an assistant now. And at this point, Tiro, you reflect on what you just said, and you get really sad that you were so mean to your friend Jessica. And everyone, the orb spins. It spins, and it glows, and it makes a noise. And we all start crying a little bit, because why are we being so mean to our friend Jessica Felcher? As we see, magic shoot out of the crystal, and the statues start growing faster. And they finish. Bro. <laughs> and then you get really, really excited. I didn't get to attack my statue. You keep talking too much. <laughs> you get excited because you know she's coming. You feel it. And from in the hallway, you hear... <laughs> oh, uh, well, this is a, such a pleasant surprise. Um, boys, I know that we've been uh, going to uh, try to meet somebody, so I, I think, uh, well, come on in, why not? Yeah, you introduce yourself. And from the darkness emerges a tiny human woman. She is beautifully made up with purple lipstick and eyeshadow. Her dark hair is pinned up in a tight bun. She wears a bright white button-up and a beautiful dark blazer and skirt with an almost feathery texture. Truly fabulous work. <laughs> As I said before, there were concerns about your efficacy. But still in a court seat? And so brilliantly disabling your opponents without lifting a finger? <laughs> I don't know if you're a mastermind or just incredibly lucky. I'd lean towards mastermind a bit more, but, uh, you know, sometimes events just fall into place that you kind of just push along. Now, if you'll allow me, the crystal, please. Oh, what? Um, the, the crystal? Yeah, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, sh um. Yes, dearie. Okay, uh. And Jessica reaches into her purse and pulls out the crystal and uh, hands it over. Oh, how rude of me. And she walks over to Thomas and grabs your chin in her two fingers. And like, you're just smiling. You are beaming at this woman. She goes, hello. You're pretty. Thank you, dear. My name's Hagatha Christie. I hate this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she walks around to hear the click of her heels. And she looks back at Jessica and says, You'll forgive me if I have a little fun with this one, dear. Oh, you know, uh, your prerogative, miss. She looks at Tira and goes, Hmm. I don't know this one. Yeah, I uh, wasn't expecting this one to tag along, but you know, I suppose the more the merrier. Mr. Mogbile. She eyes you. Sparkly. And Mr. Phelps. She really seems to pour over every bone in your body. You've certainly seen better days, haven't you, Bahamut? Bahamut, she's talking to you. Don't be rude. Pitifully <laughs> desperate. 
truthfully, I intended to manipulate your puppet, get him to discredit the idea of justice altogether. But my pupil... No. My new partner. And she smiles at Jessica. And and Jessica kind of stands up a little bit straighter at the mention of the word partner, and she's like, Oh, I... I, I, I wasn't expecting that, but I, I, I'm, your, I'm honored, uh, uh, Miss Christie. <laughs> You've certainly outdone yourself. Anyways, and she turns back to Thomas and stares deep into your eye sockets. Your last hope has just been served up to me on a platter. Oh! <laughs> and what's this? <laughs> and she opens her palm and Dot's crystal floats up into the air. Thomas is like beaming, smiling, and beyond happy about what's going on. You can see the faintest little clench in, in the tips of his fingers. Oh, it's not even faint. Like, your soul is on fire right now, but you just like physically can't even act. Yeah, one of Gary's eyes twitch as he's smiling. <laughs> she opens her palm and Dot's crystal floats up into the air. You try to move or look away or otherwise fight this command. Watch this, but you can't. Internally, your soul screams. But externally, you have no choice but to obey with a smile and watch. The crystal projects an image in first person. It appears to be Dot's point of view as she lies in bed. You hear the crack of thunder as her eyes slam open and a shady figure stands above her in the darkness. As the lightning flashes, you see a crown of polished bone glint in the light as Jessica raises a knife plunging it into Dot's torso. She thrashes and screams as Jessica stabs again and again and again and again. She shouts, Jess, no! Dot tries to fight her off to no avail. Jess, no! Jessica straddles her corpse in bed as Dot's vision begins to falter and shut off as you hear, Why? Ugh, Google Translate sucks. And the projection ends. You know, I didn't look half bad there. I think my waist was a little bit slimmer. These long travel days are no good for my figure. I thought your outfit was killer. Oh, you, oh my goodness. Oh, I can't believe. Ah, A little joke like that. I mean, well, we might as well. I mean, take a victory lap. Hagatha almost sensually rubs the backs of her hands on Thomas's bones, I guess, and like drapes them across the back of your neck, looking into your sockets. And she says, Your champion couldn't even solve the case with the culprit right under his nose. We have judges and attorneys and reclaimers in every region. The courts built in your name, justice, have failed. Like everything else, they exist to serve the only natural order. Power. Jessica shivers when she hears the word power. (laughs) (laughs) And now, we'll end you permanently. She turns to Jessica and holds out the crystal. Do the honors, dearie. Jessica takes the crystal in her hand, looks at it, feeling the weight in her hand for a moment. As she walks over 
to the fully formed statue of Thomas, raises the crystal up, and brings it down on the statue, shattering it into thousands of pieces. And she turns to Thomas and goes, Oh, Thomas, look what you did, you little klutz. <laughs> My goodness, you need to watch where you're going. You're breaking all kinds of things. And now, the goblin. I mean, I don't think they're going to cause any harm. I don't see why we... Pardon me? <laughs> Sorry, lapse in judgment in my, uh, my, uh, my brain there. I, uh, <laughs> some t you know, that long day of travel through the desert and things can really get to you. Uh, yeah. And you hear a clatter where the stairs are as you see someone just fumble down in rows and he goes, Miss <gasps> A panting ostrogon races down the steps of the mausoleum. Agatha leans in to Thomas and whispers, It seems we have an intruder! And suddenly blinks out of your sight. Please, Miss Felcher, I confess I don't quite understand the severity of what's going on, but these are good people. I know what it's like to be in a corner, to feel too far gone, but it's never too late, Miss Felcher. Ostrogon, I am so fucking happy to see you right now. Jessica is going to cast a second level sleep on Ostrogon. I just kind of look at him for a moment and I open my mouth to sing Wind Beneath My Wings once again. He casts Counterspell and you see this like little fluff of blue energy flies into your mouth to gag you. <coughs> and she coughs and the blue ball kind of falls to the ground and dissipates and she goes, uh, okay, sir. Jessica. I learned something from Mr. Mogbile. What would that be? Love you, baby. Does hard hands. Love you too, sweet cheeks. <laughs> I think that was directed at me. Mm, nah. Right, <laughs> Gary? Both of you. Both of you. I love it. I, yeah. Every, everyone gets some love. Oh, thanks, Gary. I appreciate it. Miss Felcher, we all make mistakes in life. I have forsaken more people than I care to count, but I came here today because I realized that you need to choose we all get to choose. I don't know what set you on the path you're on, but I promise you there is no satisfaction in it. Take it from me, I've spent two centuries in a tower amassing power for what? I have nothing. No one. No one but the people in this room. It's never too late to do some good, Jessica. You see long, sharp claws burst through Ostrogon's chest oh. as blood sprays out of his mouth. No. I'll give you this, dude. From behind Ostrogon's elevated body, you see a more hunched-over Hagatha, with thinning, frazzled hair, wrinkly, pale skin, and thin, feathery arms. She smiles at Thomas. You goody types are just fabulous at inspiring people to leap toward their deaths. She draws a long claw across Ostrogon's throat, and the blood begins to pour out as his body slides off her left claws and onto the ground. He's even more handsome when he's dead. This is wonderful. Jesus fuck, guys. A shining light, even in death. Miss Felcher? Yeah? Carry on. Uh, okay. <laughs> of course, uh, your, your malevolence. She smirks, gets down toward one knee with her feathers splayed out, 
and she lunges toward you, Thomas, before a bolt of magical energy pierces her left shoulder, sending her careening to the ground. You see a pale green ostrogon with an outstretched hand, bleeding. He looks to Gary, smiling a bloody smile. Never too late. His head collapses to the ground as he pants and waves his fingers with the last of his energy, opening an arcane gate beneath you, and you all fall through. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of- What? You didn't think they could keep you from hearing good old Nikki B, did you? Ladies and gentlemen, gays and days, squids and kids, welcome to the end time zone! Because we're definitely in the end of times now. We're gonna give out some thanks, but make sure you stick around for some exciting announcements about the season and how you can win some free merch. First up, we wanted to give a big thank you to all the people that have made Your Honor possible so far. Your Honor features Amanda Fernandez Acosta as Dorothy, Oz, Michael Pisani as Jessica Felcher, Nicholas Benetados as Gary Mogbile, Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps, and TJ Barry as Tyrannicus. The rest of the world is voiced by the DM Giancarlo Herrera with editing by Michael Pisani and Giancarlo and sound design by Nikki Frickin' B. As a reminder, your honor will be returning on January 7th. 2022, not January 2nd. Sorry, Nikki B made a B. Uh, we don't know how to read calendars. January 7th, 2022, we will be returning. Between now and then, we'll be publishing a couple of holiday specials to hold you over, and the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Drimbus are gonna be getting a ton of new content. Back to Basics, the series where we work our way through some classic D&D adventures in the most chaotic way possible. Caffeine Kisses, a coffee shop romance betwixt myself and Michael Pisani, and more. We'll even be giving out free downloads of This Is How You Die, the game we designed and played in this year's Halloween special, What If Walt Disney Won. We also want to give a thank you to many of our partners this season. Geek Grind Coffee, Only Crits, Heroes Journal, The Crafty Rogue, and Elderwood Academy. We wanted to make our ads fun to listen to, but we also went to great lengths to pick products we actually love and believe in. Companies we felt that could offer actual value to all of you. So if you want to support us during the off season and need to buy coffee, dice, accessories, spell books, planners, you name it, whatever, please consider using the links and codes in the show notes. And if you're looking for free ways to support the show, then consider shouting your love to your friends and family, especially the internet. Leave us a review. And if you tweet using hashtag Drimbus between now and December, you'll be entered to win a Drimbus gift package full of stickers, merch, a Tony the Pony water bottle. You don't want to miss it. Whew. It's a long one this week, folks, but I just don't want to say goodbye. 
In fact, I'm feeling so emotional, I kind of want to slip you some company secrets. They won't know. I don't let anyone into the end time zone, but you beautiful listeners, okay? Ready? I know we're all mourning the loss of Dot. Oh, spoiler alert, I guess. What are you doing at the end of the episode without having listened to the rest of it? Get out of here, you little rascals. Okay, they're gone. While we're mourning the loss of Dot, you can get hyped for the return of Your Honor, which is going to be the biggest story we've attempted yet, featuring three separate campaigns in the same world. But how are they going to do that? I don't understand. How do you do three separate? Well, you're going to have to listen and find out. And the return of Amanda Fernandez Acosta. I know. I know. It's been like 19 episodes. But get ready because she's a coming now. How? I don't fucking know. Seriously, I don't. Because uh, they won't let me listen to the damn thing. So I guess we'll just have to find out together next year. Are you hyped yet? Good. Me too. Oh, oh, and watch this. One more thing. Fantasy. Christ. Okay, apparently, some insider knowledge is telling me we're launching a weekly Drimbus newsletter. Sources say it'll be called the Not-So-Daily Drimbus, and it's going to be full of fun, chaotic, meme-tastic homebrew creations for you to use in your game, as well as adventure hooks to get your next session started, and updates on everything Drimbus. So if you want to join the club and be in the know, go to drimbus.com newsletter and sign up. All right, and that's it. Thank you all so much for your listening and your supporting of us on this journey. It means more than we could ever express. And of course, thank you to those beautiful patrons. Like, for example, all of these guys right here coming at you. Jerry Benetados, John Mitchell, Victoria Madrid, Greta and Beignet, Alejandro Lopez, Ace Andrews, Thomas Murphy, Emrys Craig, Regina Russell, Morgan Holly, Salty, Evie Power, Adrian Bundy, Sam Olivos, Jordan Cobb, The Unnamed Rogue, John Gillette, Chloe G, Con Air on DVD. <laughs> I guess it is. And NB Star. Oh, Nikki B Star? Alright, it's been great partying with all of you every ad break. But that's it. I'll see you next year. Love you guys. Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Forgive me, Father. For I've sinned. It's been six months. Since my last confession. What would you like to confess today? I have decades of failings. I could recap here. Today, I want to confess the worst thing I've ever done. 
Uh, okay. Uh, lots to unpack here. I can be kind of a crap husband. I took eight years of my life and lit it on fire in a matter of five hours. So I did what any self-respecting father would do. I, um, lightly dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. And I guess sorry for making out in the confessional. Since confession is about talking to God, I felt... He had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? Do you love Emily? What the hell kind of question is that? Well, you're not going to absolve me? That's the whole point. Please leave the sacrament to the professional. Where do you get off talking to me like this? <clears throat> Excuse me? What the f- Who is there? Forgive me. A comedy podcast from Rogue Dialogue.